you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shake in In and Football fans, it's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Of course, I know it's good wherever you are. It's happy here, of course, at the nerve center of the NFL, NFL Network West here, Culver City, uh, in the shadow of uh, downtown Los Angeles. We're eight days away from kickoff, and, and, and I'm just over the moon about it. Here to kibitz with me about it, as always, from NFL.com, Adam Rank. Hey, How boss. are we, Rank? Boss, thank you for having me. Sure thing, fellow. So it's good to help the little people. Stop yeah. with the boss crap already. It's true. You? All right. It's episode number 22, and we want to talk. We've talked about it today on today's episode, if I may plug, of the NFL Fantasy Live show that you and I are both a part of this week and beyond. We're going to be starting on Sunday mornings, 90 minutes prior to kickoff. Every Sunday, we'll be yapping about all things fantasy football. We were talking today about running backs, and mm-hmm. so, and, and of course, Frank Gore in the news with his new deal, Chris Johnson, a deal looks imminent there. We're going to be talking today, something we started a few weeks back. We started it with the quarterbacks, and now we're going to do the uh, the running backs. Well, we also did linebackers, linebackers, too. And you know how in college you have tailback U is, uh, is, is, is USC, of course, because they had so many great running backs. And then... Uh, uh, and then linebacker you, Penn State, you know, quarterback you, a lot of different universities lay claim to that one. Why in the NFL is there not an, a, a running back franchise? You mm-hmm. know, there should be that. And we're going to take care of that with a great historian of the game and an old pal of ours from two weeks ago who sat in here. I found him positively delightful. It's Elliot Harrison. What's going down, fella? I appreciate you having me. I'm, I'm pretty excited. And I am you seem over overjoyed. I'm I know my enthusiasm is infectious right now, but mm-hmm. uh, I am a little over the moon about the start of the season being eight days away. Sure, Isn't it kind of sure. weird? I mean, eight days, really, after we kept hearing about how the lockout dragged on. It's uh, 100 and, what, you know, 12 days into the lockout. We're literally eight days from the games actually meaning something. I, think. I know, cool. and, and what a dandy one, of course, that's what they go out of their way to do, is to make, uh, make sure they schedule a peach of a game. It's always the defending champ at home, and they roll in a, 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 a great team to play in. But, boy, this is going to be a dandy. Saints at pack, I dare say, the two best teams in the NFL. How do you guys see that game? I think the pack wins it. I think the team at home coming off the Super Bowl seems like I, the, off the top of my head, that team always wins the game, right? Does who? I, I'd love to look that up and somebody prove me wrong. Doesn't that? Doesn't the home team always win that game? It seems. Well, last year the same. Uh... Yeah, the Saints beat the Vikings on the first game of the season, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Oh, phew. I thought you were just about to prove no, me wrong I wasn't, right out of the No, I game. wasn't going to blow you up. But yeah. you don't like having these two good teams play, right? Didn't you say that recently? No, no. I, I like the idea of the Saints and Packers playing. I don't like important divisional games going mm-hmm. on in Week 1. There, there's no need to add games like that. This is a signature game, prime time, everybody's back. You know, they have Kid Rock and I forget who, Maroon 5 or somebody like that playing at halftime. Although, as a side note, who decided that we need that? I mean, who is watching who otherwise wouldn't be watching? Obviously, they don't continue to do things in television if it doesn't prove to have some value. But who is actually who would be watching that game? And of course, we'll all watch that game. And in a way, isn't Maroon 5 reason to turn it off for a while, not to stick around through halftime? And is there anybody out there who's thinking, I, I hate football? Well, well, I am going to tune in to watch Kid Rock belt out uh, whatever nonsense he's going to sing at halftime, right? But if Survivor was performing Burning Heart, I would definitely tune in. That, well, that's right. right. 
And I don't want to disprove your theory. I want to improve on it. The Steelers hosted the Titans in 2009. They won that game. Correct. I remember uh, they beat the Dolphins with Chaz Batch coming off of the Seattle Super Bowl, if I remember yeah, correctly. That's right. And then, uh, and I think the Dolphins had Culpepper, and he was terrible. And the year before that, the Giants, Giants hosted beat the, the Redskins. That was a lousy game. But yeah, that that I, I so I'm not sure. There may be. I wonder if those teams are undefeated in that game. But yeah, it's going to be. A gem. But like I say, Harrison, what we want to talk with you about are, are, are the running backs and which franchise in NFL history has had the most great running backs. First, though, as we do on every show, it's episode number 22, and we honor the episode number by by talking about what player in football and sports history wore it best. Mike Bossy, the greatest NHLer, you know, the sniper, the right winger who who helped lead those Islander teams to four straight cups in the early 80s. Doug Flutie won mm-hmm. a Heisman Trophy. Good stuff. Beat the the Houston Cougars in the uh, in the Cotton Bowl. Were you at that one, Harrison? You're uh, a Dallas native. I, I was always a Blue Bonnet Bowl guy. Sorry. No, uh, how could that be? That was Astrodome, right? I'm, That's Houston Astrodome. I'm just saying. You know, I was a Blue Bonnet Bowl guy. I didn't like the Cotton Bowl. Uh, don't get me into the bowl game conversation. Nothing, That's uh, I miss the old days of uh, of great bowl games. Nothing beat the Freedom Bowl. The Freedom at Bowl at Angel Stadium. I didn't realize that you was a throw, that was an OC game. Throw out the records. <laughs> Actually, Emmett Smith played in a Freedom Bowl. I believe my Indiana Hoosiers, while I was matriculating in uh, in Coach Knight Country, I believe that they played in one of those, or maybe it was the year before I got out there. I don't remember, but uh, anyway, um, you have uh, William Gay, defensive back. You have Asante Samuel, the, the uh, number twenty-two. Elgin Baylor, Roger Clemens, arguably the greatest pitcher in baseball history. If it weren't for the juice, I think he would be. I, I think history is going to not consider him one of the top three pitchers in history, but right. were it not for the juice, he might. I can't support that one, Adam. You can't? No, I can't support that one. You I, cannot. No and you're way. a Texas guy again. No way. I would think this would be somebody who you would uh, pick up the flag and wave for. Horrifically overrated pitcher. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens. Is horrifically Why overrated. So? Uh, well, first of all, I remember 1990 playoffs. He completely blew it and then lost his cool. And then in the mid-90s, he lost a lot of uh, oomph off his fastball. I saw a guy that was really slowing down. So I was it was really more his Blue Jays days that I really questioned what was going that's, on with well, that's him. Where that's, where turned, kicks uh, in. Yeah, that's where he turned his career around. He met Jose Canseco, and oh, my God, he's good. You guys want to hear a really weird one. In 1998, the Rangers and the Blue Jays had a trade on the board. You remember Rusty Greer? Sure. It was going to be yes. Rusty Greer for Clemens. And, you know, there's some other little ancillary items thrown in, and the Rangers did not want to pull the trigger on that. That's how highly they thought of Rusty Greer. Rusty, How'd that work out? Yeah, exactly. Well, he hurt his shoulder, but... Is yeah. that the George W. regime? No. What? That was in 90... Oh, 98, yeah. What? it? Yeah. Well, No. No, George W. would have been early 90s. Oh, that's right. More the Ruben Sierra, if you will. Pete and Cavillia. Pete and Cavillia. Juan Gonzalez. By the way, while we're talking... High Sierra wait, seems like a guy wait, who wore you, 22, right? Hey, what, well, that or was 21. Will Clark wore 22 for the Giants and the Rangers. Yes, and if, we, if you want to stay with Dallas sports in 22s, you got Emmett, you got Bob Hayes, Emmett. and then one of my favorite athletes as a kid, very underrated, Rolando Blackman. Ah, yes. Five-time All-Star. Excellent, yeah. We finished uh, his career off with the Knickerbockers. Mike, under if, Riley. If I remember correctly. That's Mike right. Haynes, too. Mike Haynes. And then I'm a little disappointed. And another you. Texas athlete, Clyde the Glide Drexler and with five slam jamma And another Texas athlete who went to the same high school as Doak Walker and was the first real franchise quarterback the Steelers ever had, Bobby Lane, was a number 22. You see, listener, Harrison's already delivering the goods. And, you know, I, I mentioned it the last time he visited us, uh, Rank. He's, uh, he's my, the Luke Skywalker to my hand solo. You mm-hmm. know, he's a star. And, of course, you're, that but, keeps you as Jabba the Hutt. Although you're right, I do agree with you about the idea that in Cloud City, Lando's right hand man, the guy who wears the, the, the headset thing, you do kind of look like him. Yeah. Do you think that they had too many donuts? Do you think that Adam's oh. face looks a little bit like John Ratzenberger and his little bit part on Hoth? You didn't know that, did you? I forgot that he was up on he was the a ice rebel. planet Hoth. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I did, I did forget about that, but I was. I, I have. Uh, I have noticed that in the past. Yeah, he's got a little Ratzenberger to him. Cliff Clavin for some of you out there. Um, all right, so we're gonna get into it here. 
I we were talking running backs today. Before we dig into this uh, into this historical piece here, fellows, what do we think about the Chris Johnson? It sounds like the deal's about to get done on the heels of Frank Gore mm-hmm. signing with the Niners. If this is a quarterback league, then why are teams breaking the bank to keep a guy like Frank Gore? Kendall Hunter, by all accounts, and and if you've seen him run, he's reminiscent of Maurice Jones-Drew. It's like trying to tackle a bowling ball, it looks like. I I feel like they'd be just fine. Jim Harbaugh is obviously going to steer this into a passing attack. I like, I happen to like it. Well, Alex Smith is is the question mark or maybe it, you know, in a year from now or even less, it'll be Colin Kaepernick. But either way, I happen to like the trio of receivers that they have to go along with Vernon Davis. If we assume that Vernon Davis is their number one, I like Braylon Edwards. He's still a young fella, youngish at least. We Mm -hmm. think, doesn't it seem like he's been in the league for a dozen years? In fact, I think this is going to be his seventh year or maybe just his eighth. Seventh. But he's still, he's still got, he should have plenty of gas left in the tank. Michael Crabtree, it's, I, I w- I'm not ready to close the book on him yet as being a, an abject bust. He still has it. And Josh Morgan is another nice-sized, fast, right. wide receiver. And then, like I say, Vernon Davis. I don't think they need Frank Gore. Same thing, Titans. They don't need Chris Johnson. They have a first-round pedigree runner in Javon Ringer. The only reason that he fell as far as he did in the draft, I think he went fourth out of Michigan State, is because he had an ill-timed knee injury, right. had to get a little surgery. But he looks dandy every time you see him out on the field. And then Jamie Harper is sort of a Mike Tolbert type out of Clemson this year. He looks dynamite. I don't understand the need to break the break the bank here. Get Kenny Britt another uh, or a, a you know a first rate tight end and build up that offensive line for Jake Locker so that he can take over next year. But these teams have to reach the salary floor. Why not pay the guys that are already there? Well, I mean that that, that standard is murky to me. Um, and if that is, in fact, the reason they have to do that, then well, that gotta, doesn't they, mean you have to tie. They have, to, they have to pay the money. And plus, you're wrong about Harbaugh. He's going to run the ball. That's what he did at Stanford. Toby Gearhart came out of that. They well, run the ball. That, listen, no team, no NFL team is going to run the ball 60% of the time anymore. It is far more important to have It'll a good passing back. game. Do we? Do you believe that? Elliot Harrison, as a student of the game, and listen, I consider myself one. Rank considers himself one. and uh, But you have deep knowledge breaking down the film. Do you believe that at some point the NFL will, that, that it will swing back to being more of a running game? All depends on the competition committee. I think if the competition committee decides to tighten up the, the now very liberal passing game rules, absolutely. Without that happening... I don't know. Keep in mind, though, the Jets, they run the ball 52 53% of the time a lot. Teams like that could ramp it up a little bit. Kansas City. Uh, one thing I wanted to piggyback you, though, on rank is I agree with you that, that Harbaugh will run the ball with Frank Gore. But I see Frank Gore and Chris Johnson as two different animals. Frank Gore, first of all, has been in the league longer. He's taking a pounding. Can we all agree mm-hmm. on that? He's missed a lot of How games. How many knee yeah. surgeries? He right. had two knee surgeries before he even made it to the NFL in Miami. He was the guy. He, If I'm not mistaken, if if if, my, if I can place him in the right era, he was there with Edge James. Am I right about that? No, he's, no. he was no. after Edge James. Who was the – it was Willis McGahee. McGahee. That's what it was. Broke his leg. Right. And Gore, but Gore was the, was the more highly head. pedigreed – back he was going to be the starter for those hurricanes teams and McGahee benefited from gore sitting down true yeah, yeah that's I, what it was. and i still can't watch the McGahee injury but back to McGore, uh, back to gore versus chris johnson uh i look at frank gore a little bit like michael turner that they have taken a pounding mm-hmm. whereas chris johnson first of all how often do you see chris johnson get blown up i mean honestly he always kind of he's like that tony dorsett barry sanders takes the glancing blow right he's only been in the league since 2008 if I'm looking at his body, I'm thinking, okay, this guy can run for four or five more years as a lead back for me. I don't know that I see that with Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, that is an That's interesting true. point. Yeah, that, that, that is true. Um, but what about the overall thought, though, that money would be better served in 2011 and in the short-term future of the league to not devote so much loot to a running back? It's obviously – I mean, you mentioned the Jets, and they've been in two straight AFC title games. But even the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are as, a, a, as synonymous with running the ball as any team in the NFL – 
throws the ball more than they than they run the ball, and it's much more Ben Roethlisberger's, Roethlisberger's team than it is Richard Mendenhall's at this point. The Packers barely threw the ball throughout the postseason. The Falcons barely are going ran. further and further away from that, it feels like to me. Um, the Patriots, obviously, have Ben Jarvis, Green, Ellis, and, and Danny Woodhead. That's how much they care about the running back position. So, obviously, the philosophy for most successful teams these days is to throw, and, and yeah, whatever bum we get off the scrap heap in the fourth round is good enough to to make a go of things in today's NFL. Well, I, you know, for me personally, Chris Johnson, I think, is a great thing for Jake Locker. And to your point of picking up another wide receiver, how much is that going to help Locker? Don't forget, that's a rookie head coach there, too. So if I'm the Titans GM, do I want to break the bank? No, but I definitely want this guy back because I think he'll be durable and because I have a rookie head coach and because I have a rookie quarterback. Now, if all those things weren't in place, then maybe I would feel differently. Yeah, they have to run the ball. That's exactly what they're going to do. I'm not worried about now. Ringer's hurt, too, though. So they've got Jamie Harper. They need to start bringing more guys in. They need to get Chris Johnson back. I'm not worried about the holdout. That's another issue I think we talked about today on NFL.com Fantasy Live. The holdout means nothing to me. Emmett Smith held out in 93. He averaged the most yards per attempt in that season, 5.3. Won the MVP. Won the MVP, averaged over 100 rushing yards a game for the games that he started. 1,400 yards in 14 games. That's fine. I'm not worried about any of that. These teams, though, and you talk about, if we go back to talking about teams that the philosophy will switch, well, the defenses are going to switch, and these teams are going to start getting lighter in the offensive line. They're going to start putting more defensive backs out there. The linebackers are going to get lighter. So what is a team going to do eventually? Well, some team's going to be like, you know, we're going to build a big offensive line, and we're going to pound these smaller guys. And then the league's going to have to reverse again. So it's... There's kind of, I get what you're saying. There is a, a philosophy there to, to pay your quarterbacks and everything. But if you've got Chris Johnson, pay him because that he is their team right now. All right. Well, but but uh, fine. I hear what you guys are saying. But the last team to to feature a running back and not care about the quarterback was uh, was was your Rams with the Dieter Giants? Brock. Oh. I had to drop the Dieter Brock in there. There it is, everybody. I, I, I stole it again. I think I lead you, you all probably, time but Dieter Brock. Well, I'm, I'm not sure Dan will let us know who's winning that one. But the Giants, the Giants don't care about a quarterback. They won a, they won a Super Bowl with a subpar quarterback. It can be done, and that was recent. I actually think that's a great example we just brought up with the Rams because in 1987, Eric Dickerson was very happy. He was three years removed from his 2,000-yard season. Chris Johnson is only two years removed, but similar careers. And the Rams decided, okay, we're going to deal Eric Dickerson. We don't want this malcontent anymore. We're going to roll with our young quarterback, and we're going to develop a passing team, and that's what they did. I know Greg Bell did a pretty nice job running the football. But well, the, Charles White took and, over in 87. 87, and then Greg Bell in 88 and 89. But you have to admit, in the late 80s, they were more of a passing team. And oh, that's how they did their damage with Houlihan from tight end and Ellard and Flipper Anderson. Flipper and Anderson. I don't know if the Titans, with a rookie head coach and locker, can do that yet. You know, the Rams had a veteran unit there. They had John Robinson. But it is, it's not unprecedented to let your star 2,000-yard back go. Can I tell you guys? Can I let me tell you something? Let me tell you two teams that have subpar QBs that I predict are going to have good seasons this year. One, the Miami Dolphins. That's Mm -hmm. right. I think they they happen to be in a in a tough division that features the Patriots and Jets, of course. But I think that their ability to run the ball, young, nice offensive line, Jake Long and Mike Pouncey, if he's anything as as good as his brother Marquise was last year for the Steelers, they're going to be able to run the ball, spin the clock. That's what you want to do to Tom Brady and company. And here's another one that might uh, that might be even crazier, the Washington Redskins. That's right. Their defense is going to be stout. They're going to be able to run the ball. And uh, I don't think they have to, as long as, the, you know, the, the classic game manager. How say you, Harrison? Well, to let you know, Dave, I was playing Stratomatic football the other day, and I tried to replicate Tony Sperano's one yard in a cloud of dust offense, and I just wasn't <laughs> able to do it. Stop it. Well, I don't know if you listened last week. I predicted the Dolphins will make the playoffs this season, and I stick to that. You going ten and six? I stick with well, yeah, ten and six. Yes. Okay, ten and six. They will. They will be in the playoffs. I want. Yeah, if we have time, actually, Harrison, I'd like to get your thoughts because I unveiled uh, my picks for the uh, for the season and rank un- uh, unfurled his. So we'll be interested to get yours. But we're talking QBs now. Quickly though, what did we think about number twenty two? Are we giving it to uh, Will Clark? Clemens, Emmett Smith, Jim Palmer? Who's the best? Of that group, Mike uh, Mike Bossy, 
You know what I'm going to go Emmett? I'd go Bobby Lane just because he pretty much invented the two-minute drill. Johnny Ninas did not invent it. Bobby Lane did. Hmm. Wow. That's well, a, Dave doesn't recognize pick. him. I don't, I don't think Emmett Smith, I've said it before, I don't think Emmett Smith is the best running back in Cowboys history. And one Gil Brandt, the architect of those 60s and 70s Cowboys teams, agreed. He said Tony Dorsett. But I then would, he's biased. I would actually agree with that. I mean, Tony Dorsett, I, I hate to bring it full circle again, but Chris Johnson to me is very similar to Tony Dorsett. Tony Dorsett never got the big carries because Tom yeah. Landry was worried about the workload in his small frame. So he would get 17, 18 carries, and they'd always be giving it to Newhouse or Ron Springs. You remember these guys? Sure. They always spread the ball Preston around. There Pearson. was a James Jones there for a while, That's too, wasn't That's right. There? Good kick returner. Knucklehead. All How right, about we give it to yeah. Bob Hayes? I don't think we're going to do that. Come on. Oh, that's right. He, he didn't play. How about Vince Newsom? He played in the era you don't recognize. Mike Bullard of the so Pittsburgh So Bobby Lane Penguins. you don't recognize either, right? No. Well, listen, that's uh, that's a key issue. As Not we get one into vote this. for Vince Newsom? <laughs> All right. That's enough. Who's Vince Newsom? Let's move on. Who is that? Old Rams. <laughs> what era? He's the 80s. 80s. Vince Newsom. Doesn't ring a bell. Um, all right, so let's get into this running back conversation. Like I say, there's tailback U. It's USC. Everybody knows that because they mm-hmm. had the juice and Mike Garrett and Reggie Bush and so on. Reggie Bush, by the way, a very nice sleeper pick as your number two running back in fantasy, everybody. Hear me now. Believe me later. No. Yes. You're right. Yeah, he, can, he can leap over the line for that one yard in a cloud of dust. I All agree. right. Well, we'll see. Time will tell on that one. Um, and you have uh, linebacker you. Everybody knows that's Penn State because of some of the linebackers they've churned out. So the NFL needs to have a running back franchise, a quarterback franchise. I don't know why this doesn't exist. We started with the quarterbacks. We did the linebackers. And now let's take care of the running backs. We're looking to determine which NFL franchise all time has had the most great running backs. First thing to cover before we dig into this is people say, well, what do you mean by great? And my response to that is, don't be a wiseacre. You know what I mean by great. There's no... I don't have any number to give you about what I'm looking for. You know what I mean by great. Did they have to be in the Hall of Fame? No. Did, if they if they had six great games in their career, then they probably don't qualify as an all-time great among a, a for an NFL franchise. Do right. they have to have played in the era that you recognize football as starting? Well, I, it's not what I recognize no, as it being is. the era that football it started. It is what the curmudgeons always say. Why is the 1958 NFL championship game considered to be the greatest game of all time? Because of the quality of the play on the field? No. A very entertaining, a closely contested game with some drama in it with Johnny Unitas leading the team down the field to tie the game and force overtime and an overtime winning, uh, uh, you know, an overtime winner. Oh, wait a second. Did the Giants tie the game at the end to force the overtime they, or did the Colts? The Colts, I believe. And I, by the way, you, I watched the game. So you're so you're I, forgetting the uni matchup. Fantastic. I am not for how could I? I, I would never forget that matchup. for a second. The Giants in the home blues against the uh, the road whites of the Colts. Glorious, glorious. I wouldn't forget that. But it but was if, on TV. If that game is the most important game, if, if it's the greatest game, it's imp- the reason they say that is because of its importance. Before that, it was a, an irrelevant sport. It was a fringy sport. This brought no. it to prominence. If that's the case, then then we can't really put a whole lot of weight on anything that preceded it. The bigger sport was baseball. Boxing, the ponies, watching the horses race. Not in Los Angeles. Ironically, not in Los Angeles. All right, but for the most part, it was not as significant a sport as the one that, you know, by by once the AFL came around and then the 70s, then the golden years began. But before that, people just didn't consider football nearly as important as they did baseball. I'm going to have to back up Rankalicious on this one. 1957, the Rams hosted the 49ers. 102,000 people showed up for that game. All right, so it it was big in in segments. Of the population, not unlike NHL hockey is today. I mean, there, there are places where it's not relevant, but there are certainly regions of the country that consider no, it terribly it was... important. But it doesn't rise to the, you know, it doesn't rise to being as important to the average American as football or baseball or the NBA. So that's that's my point. It's just a fringy. It was a fringy sport prior to 1958. Now, as far as that goes, I here's what I've decided. Here's what I did. 
I took the four best running backs because this is this is the tricky spot. If we say list your 10 best running backs in franchise history, then by definition, the Jaguars and Panthers and Texans would have zero shot at it. Then it's just a numbers game. On the other hand, though, credit needs to be given to teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, who had maybe not a ton of Hall of Famers at the position, but have an abundance of good runners. It, it doesn't just uh, start and end with Christian Okoye. There was also Barry Word, and there was Marcus Allen. Joe Delaney. And, and Joe Delaney, a great runner who people forget. A number 37, in fact, when last you visited us, we talked about the number 37 is underused among running backs. Joe Delaney, it. one great rookie season and then died heroically. Mm-hmm. Um, jumped into a lake to uh, save a, a Louisiana a swimming hole. Mm-hmm. Tried to save three kids that he heard drowning. I think he was tossing a softball with his friend. He didn't know how to swim. He jumped in there, and he wasn't able to save the children. I think one got out. No, no, no. He saved at least one of them. I know one got out, uh, but obviously Delaney didn't get out. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So a terrific, uh, a terrific running back again. So, so this is a way. So I figured four was a way to be fair with this. Now, among the teams that I have named playoff teams, I, I have now opened it up to get an extra running back, a fifth running back, and he can be an all timer. I tried to keep it to running backs that played in 1958 and beyond. Not guys that played back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, of course. Mm-hmm. But once we get to the playoffs, then we have to expand it a little bit because oh, we're getting okay. down to the nitty gritty there. So that was the standard I used. And I've seeded them because this this business about top 20 and power rankings and fine 15, that doesn't matter in the NFL. In the NFL, it matters who wins their division, who gets the wild card. That's the way it works in the NFL. So I applied that same standard to this contest, this, this uh, imaginary but oh-so-important uh, ranking of who deserves to be called running back franchise for all of time in the NFL. And that's why we have you in here, Harrison, because, uh, because like I say, you're a great historian of the game. So let's get into it and talk about the AFC East. I have named here, it's an upside-down one if you've been watching the AFC East the last decade, the Patriots rule, but they're bringing up the rear here. I, I, the, who, what great running back? The greatest running back, believe it or not, in Patriots history is is Sam Cunningham or Jim oh, Nance? Hey, don't don't sell uh, Sam Cunningham short. It's got to be. I'd give it Jim Nance. Jim Nance, I think, led the AFL in rushing two years in a row. He I mean, big... he's terrific on the Masters coverage, but yeah, in his. Oh no, that's not the same guy. Okay, but yes. So you go Jim Nance there. Either way, whoa, not a bevy of of uh, all time greats there. The Dolphins. I don't even. I, they're they're in no better than third place as far as I'm concerned because. You would think about their winning those couple of Super Bowls, dominant team, undefeated, of course, in the early 70s. Zonka and Mercury Morris and Jim Kick. But if you look up their numbers, you'll be very surprised and underwhelmed by what Mercury Morris and Jim Kick did in their careers. The original backfield by committee, though. But yeah. you've got to, yeah, you have to combine their numbers. I mean, in 1972, they ran for 3,000 yards in 14 games. I mean, that's stout. And I, I, I would go ahead and mark the Dolphins down just for having a running back that called himself Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You're right, Harrison. That's a stink that isn't just with the individual. That, that, that belongs with the entire franchise. You're right. I agree. And he went to UCLA. I, that makes it extra bad. To, it to, you're at the university... And you take Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's name? Shame. Shame, I say. Yeah, that's that, that really is uh, bad. By the way, as a side note, on NFL.com, a nice pick six out of you uh, yesterday there, Rank. I encourage everybody to look it up. You were looking for NFLers who need new nicknames. Yes. And right at the top of the list, I've spoken out on this one before, Aaron Rodgers, great guy, has everything going for him, the cool Fu Manchu, he's a he's a Super Bowl MVP, seems like a cool guy and everything, but that lousy nickname. It's even worse than LaDainian Tomlinson, who stole his from Lawrence Taylor. That mm-hmm. was that's reprehensible, but at least they weren't playing in the same era. Right. Alex Rodriguez is currently playing <laughs> in New York City, no less, and you go and take his and he's a weirdo too. Yeah. And you took his nickname? That's shameful. But you had a good, uh, I thought you had a nice alternative. Thunderlips. Nice, nice. After the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan's Hulk appearance Hogan in Rocky, Rocky three. three. Top of Rocky Three, Balboa gets into the ring for a little fun and games, a charity event. But once he jumps into the squared circle, he finds out it's all business. Hey, they're not playing around, those wrestlers. No, indeed. No, indeed. I'm going to break you in half like this, he tells them. <laughs> That's right. 
Still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and uh, Thunderlips, apparently. But anyway, so the yes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, not to say that that's a nickname. That was an, a, a, a legal name change. But yes, reprehensible, sure. Wasn't it that scene with Thunderlips when Mickey said, who does this? And he goes, Bob Hopewood. And he yeah, goes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's like yeah. the only time he ever agreed with Rocky on anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot, a lot of uh, nice little fun banter. They're on top of the world at that point. You know, oh, yeah. Balboa yeah. hasn't figured out yet that he's been getting cupcakes, a suit, you know, tomato cans served up yeah. to him by, by Mickey, who was overprotective. Can I tell you a funny little story there? I watched Rocky well, 3. I'll, I'll be the judge. This better it's be funny. funny. Yeah. I don't want to. Listen, if it's a story about little Kim and you walked her down the red carpet like we got recently. Yeah. From. <laughs> Harrison's last uh, supposed uh, funny story. Let's hear. Try again. So I'm watching Rocky Three for like the 37th time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've got the whole Mr. T press conference memorized. Which, by the way, movie greatness. So on the it, steps, on the steps, oh, uh, in the shadow, oh, of, the, in the shadow of the statue is, and is right. the jacket he's wearing for that is only <laughs> outdone by Brian Dennehy's in First Blood. But still, so. So Rocky, Mickey doesn't want him to take the fight. Remember, and they, they go home, Rocky's ticked. They, they go up into his uh, Mickey's room, and he's like, come on, just one more, Mick. And Mickey's like, no, we don't need it. We don't need it. We're doing and, impressions. Yeah, this, is what it was. This, this isn't is a funny story. This is like, hey, look at the impressions no, I can do. No, no, I'm serious. So I don't know if they got the audio real low in that movie, but I actually caught what the thing that Rocky said to Mickey to get him to agree to it is hysterical. He goes, I'll tell everyone you haven't bought a new pair of underwear in 10 years. I'd never heard that before. I'm like, what? And, and Mickey goes, you would, wouldn't you? I swear. That's really it. Watch the movie again. That's what he gets. That's how uh, Mickey agrees to train him one more time. Wait, how wow. often are you supposed to buy underwear? <laughs> one of my favorite uh, movie-related questions uh, involves Rocky. If you had a tournament of all the boxers in the Rocky series, and I didn't see the most recent one, this Rocky Balboa, that was a, what was it, two, three years ago? But I have seen it all the way up and through um, Rocky Five. Who would win a tournament among those fighters in their prime, all of them in their respective primes? You have Drago, Gunn. you have Tommy Gunn, you have Clubber Lang, you have, uh, you have, uh, and you have Creed, the Count of Monte Fisto. That's the correct answer. <laughs> I, I have to agree with you on that because. Because in his prime... Wait, who did I, you say? Who's he? Creed! Creed! Fella Creed. Creed! Creed takes them all out! Because those those bombs that Drago was landing in Vegas in Rocky IV, no way he hits Creed if Creed's like 26 years old. Listen, no way. If Balboa can go in to the, into essentially the home court of Drago... And take him down. Old man Balboa, no less. And Drago's all juiced up. You mean to tell me Balboa could win that fight, but Creed in his prime couldn't? Creed was arguably the greatest of all time. That's how, when we meet him, he's already over the hill. In Rocky 1, he's over the hill by the time he gets to that fight. He's fat and happy. That's why Balboa is even able to stand toe-to-toe with him. So the guy who killed Creed would get beat by him. That's... That's wow. totally you're saying. You, that this does that does stand wait. in sharp relief too. You're right about it. that's an interesting point. But him. yes, that is the answer. And what about wait? Where was Clubber Lang's rematch? Understand Creed. Well, Clubber, understand. Wait, Clubber Lang never gets a rematch in any of this. I want to see. He got rope a I want Clubber Lang with a new manager, a new philosophy mm-hmm. to go out and fight Rocky again. It's an interesting thing you say, you know, because, of course, they're just one and one all time. Of course. Yes. Where's what, the rubber what, match? What fight series would ever end with the, at one and one? Of course they would settle that. Do, do you think Ali and, and Frazier would have just said, ah, enough's enough. We don't need to go. We, everybody gets the point. <laughs> I think you guys are missing something completely. I think Uncle Paulie's boxing intuition is very underrated. Remember when Rocky's just getting pummeled by either Mr. T or Drago, and they're like, what's he doing? He's winning! Like, he just got pounded 12 times, and Polly's like, no, he's getting mad! I mean, <laughs> how does he know that? That's that's what it takes. Wow. Uh, you know, the, uh, you know he, but he's such a, you know, that's, you talk, about, you anybody... talk about one of the greatest shifts in personality in movie history over the over the arc of a, of a series. You know, Polly is just a drunken jerk 
an abusive jerk. I mean, he's he's across the line, beats his sister, his grown sister, who, by the way, is a simpleton when we first meet her. She right. she, she suddenly becomes uh, self-possessed and starts and, wearing the all white suits and becomes yeah. and becomes yeah. this insightful, articulate woman. But when we meet her, she's a dimwit and he's an abusive older brother who, who when she crosses him and doesn't keep his uh, his uh, stuffing and mashed potatoes warm, she gets the back of his hand. Now, then he t- and he's a drunk, and he starts out the the next picture stay as still a drunk, but then he starts to get sweet, and we we find Polly lovable. It's a, right. it, it's an interesting uh, and his technical know how because he reprogrammed the the robot they gave him in Rocky Four to talk a different he way. He's a genius all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, he's Stephen Hawking when he's not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we, so so at least. Elliot Harrison and I are on the same page. Creed is your champion of champions. True, you're you're going Drago. It's hard to right. go against Drago. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to our running. If he back ditches list. the lady and then refocus, there he doesn't get another fight either. Oh, I guess he's in Soviet Union, but he doesn't get another crack at Balboa. He was a, he was a national shame. I think. We, listen, Gorbachev is in attendance. You'll forget. You, 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 you won't. I'm sure you remember. And he stands up when Balboa makes his speech, his moving speech. If I can change, and you can change, we all can change. And you know, the whole place is silent. It's the greatest of all. Uh, that the, the same scene where everybody looks to the boss to see if it's okay to laugh or to clap, <laughs> and the, the the entire arena looks up to Gorbachev, the the premier. What's he gonna do? The American has come in here, defeated our champagne. What's 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 the premier going to do? And Gorbachev gives him a yeah, that's so glad. and stands up, and the whole joint goes gaga right. for him. And How do they the, understand? Talk about, talk about front runners. People always say, ah, you know, in in the history of sport, that's the, the the greatest. Oh, your team has been terrible. Detroit Lions fans are now suddenly excited about the season. Oh, your front runners because you're good now. What about the Soviet fans? And the, this is their guy. The U.S. of A.'s representative rolls into their joint, and you know they're they're crazy cheering for Drago, and then all of a sudden, round about round five. Five or there or so, uh, uh, Balboa starts to give him a couple and starts to stagger him a little bit. The crowd turns on their own guy. <laughs> Never would have happened. But Soviets. That, that monologue that you mentioned, yeah. you know, and when he gives a, stands up, gives him the slow clap. Is there a translator? I, Is there somebody translating for the Russian yeah, people? Yeah, yeah. There was a guy okay, that was good. next okay, to Rocky okay. in the ring. I was waiting that whole scene for, and I was only like eleven years old. Sniper? Years old. No. Oh, that's funny though. I was waiting for Drago's like manager handler to stand up and go, "That's right, insult us." But it didn't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> so that explains why Drago didn't get another fight. He was, who goodness knows where he was chopped up. Some, His remains were placed in guy, Siberia somewhere. But the guy who but picks Clubber up Tommy Lang is a is a, is a good question. The promoter who picks up Tommy Gunn. Yeah. What was the character? Well, obviously, it's the Don King character, but. That guy doesn't go to the Soviet Union and pick up Drago first. Mm. Like he, how much money he would have gone to the Soviet Union, got that guy out of there, re got him, you know, reprogrammed him or whatever, and then offered up I another think fight. A, no, I think you got the technical term. He re got him, <laughs> and that's right. Kevin Mack here on your list for the Browns. He, Thank he you. got thrown in jail for a weekend, and then on Monday Night Football ran for a hundred on the Oilers, eighty nine. I remember it. He wow. got a second chance. Why can't very Mr. T? nice? Well, all right, so that that brings us back to, uh, to what Drago. we're supposed to be talking Kevin about Mack. here in that AFC East. I say that the Bills are the best team there, and it, a lot of good running backs overall. There, we talked about Zonka. Um, the Bills though go juice. Thurman Thomas, so two of the all-time ten. I, I think if you put together a list of the greatest running backs of all time, you might make a case that Thurman Thomas squeaks in there at the back end. The juice certainly would be in the top half of that. So that's your top two. And then Joe Cribbs. Wait, Very Thurman productive. Thomas in the top ten running all-time? backs? No. Top dozen? He is statistically. I'll go all pass catchers. Backs. Yeah. Pass catching, yeah. All-purpose yards, <laughs> no. of course. But you you make a case that Roger Craig belongs in the Hall of Fame. Thurman Thomas was a better version of Roger no Craig. No way. <laughs> yeah, way. No. Yes. No. I, 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 Are we bringing religion into this? I, I, Joe, 
Joe Cribs. Joe Cribs, great player, man. Had USFL Absolutely. not come about, That's right. who knows what kind of numbers he would have. I want to do a USFL special because I talk about that often. It's not the joke league that the XFL and other phony— Not even you know, close. Yeah, no. The, this, the, the USFL had a lot of very good players. They went wrong fundamentally by play, putting the games in spring, playing 18 games, and so on. But they did definitely do the right thing, and they got some great players. Mm-hmm. Joe Cribs, like you say, what was he, Birmingham Stallion, if memory That's serves? Right. That's he, right. Um, Joe Cribs, had he not done that, he, you know, probably goes down, you know, he probably, you know, winds up with 8,000 rushing yards. At least. But, yeah. he, he was Terrific. a uh, rookie thousand-yard rusher. He had 1,081. The strike hurt him in 82, as it did everybody. 83 comes back for 1,000 more. Then he went to the USFL, and Greg Bell, uh, bring it back full circle, was a rookie on that 84 Bills team. Right. I thought about putting Greg Bell in here, but my foursome there, I go Joe Cribbs three, Cookie Gilchrist, who didn't play very long, but uh, did help the Bills win their one title in the AFL early in the 60s. I think this one's a no contest. I think you just give this to Buffalo. This is like Buffalo going 14-2. and two. Do you really think so? Because oh, Curtis no... Martin, Freeman oh, McNeil, those guys don't compare. It's not not the... close. But you Wait. go Emerson, Boozer, and Matt Snell, that, so there's a little more depth there. But the disparity between the first couple okay, is just so we agree with and that. And Curtis Martin doesn't go on the Patriots? Too? Oh, good point. No, he didn't he he didn't play no. long enough uh to to get past. I have Corey Dillon and Tony uh Collins ahead of him, but an argument can be made there, but no matter what you do, that doesn't get the Patriots into a, a playoff position there. They're still probably the worst of those four teams in that division. In the AFC North, this is a close one. You think off the top of your head, what team is more synonymous like I said with running the ball than the than the Steelers are, but I have them no better than second place there. Franco, the bus, Barry Foster, that's a pretty steep drop-off. But Barry Foster, people sort of forget him. He just didn't have a passion for the game. He's one of those guys who just didn't love getting hit all the time. And and uh, so he quit a little bit early. I think, where did he go? Carolina and... He I, I don't know that, out. He yeah, never played. I don't th- yeah, I don't think he ever even touched the field there. So two good running backs in Franco, perennially underrated in the all-time greats list, but uh, but you compare him to the Browns' all-time best, of course, no contest, Jim Brown there. And people, I, I never saw Jim Brown play. And you're, and you're missing names off this list. First of all, before Mike Pruitt, Greg Pruitt was a great player for the Browns. But Mike Pruitt was superior. Mike Pruitt was superior because Greg Pruitt tore up his knee. Mm-hmm. Greg Pruitt was outstanding. And then you also don't have Ernest, Ernest Biner, Biner on here who... Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner became the uh, third pair of teammates to have a thousand yards. I know, piece. but I can't bring myself to put Ernest Biner on the list for that one fumble. Oh, stop. if I, if we're, I, I don't, they only would have tied getting, the game, and then they would have lost. Look, I had to put Kevin Mack ahead of him for in terms of production, and also because Ernest Biner—that's the stink that he has on him. No, Herman Fontenot. Am I right that am I right that the Cleveland Browns though are the best uh, team? In, Absolutely, in that? without a doubt. Eric Metcalf. It's not as close as you think you are that you think it is either. What do you mean with the versus the Steelers? Yeah. All right, no, that's fine. I, I say the Browns win that division in a walk. The Bengals and Ravens uh, really don't stack up. Uh, the The Bengals, though, did have Corey Dillon, had a couple of years. He forced his way out of there. James Brooks, pretty lousy, but I still have them ahead of— uh, Eric Bieniemy. That's right. Sorry, that was terrible. Go yeah, ahead. that is a bad one. Yeah, more busts than uh, yeah, high Where's round Stanley busts Wilson? than anything else. Um, the South, I go— I, the no, Titans. Stanley Wilson yes. doesn't count for the Bengals. I was laughing. Sorry. Um, the the South. I say you know now I have to make a tough decision here. The Houston Oilers begat the, uh, the begat the Titans. Of course, I decided to make that one long franchise there. I didn't do the same with the Browns and Ravens. Bra- imagine if you could throw in with the Browns, though, include in that group Jamal Lewis his entire career. Then that makes the Browns even stronger in that division. But uh, in the South. I go with the Titans slash Oilers, Earl Campbell, Eddie George, and Chris Johnson. Imagine if Chris Johnson, like you predict, Harrison, continues on to be great for another five years. That's going to be a tough uh, a trio to beat. I think this this division would come down to Week 17 because the Colts, you've got a couple names missing here. You've got Edge. You've got Lenny Moore. Right. You've got Marshall Falk. You've got Eric Dickerson. And of course, you think of but Dickerson. Falk and Dickerson's best years yeah. happened elsewhere, and, and and I'm okay with that. But you don't have Lydell Mitchell on here, who was a great player in the '70s. Right, he's also a big factor in the passing game. Uh, you don't have Alan Amici on here from the '50s, who scored the winning touchdown in the right. game that you you so scorned. Who would you the, the put, him, who do you put him ahead of? Who do you put him ahead of? Edge James, Lenny Moore, Marshall Falk, or Eric Dickerson? I who are you I, cutting to put Lydell Mitchell on the team? Okay, I guess get I'm, Dickerson out of there for crying out loud. 
Is that fair to say? Dickerson, people forget, had some uh, had some big seasons in Indy. No Roosevelt pots on here anywhere. Uh-huh. All right, so so do we agree? I, I disagree with you. You think that the Colts all-time rival Earl Campbell, Eddie George, and Chris Johnson? Yes, I do, because Earl Campbell, as great as he was, had a very short window, as did Eddie George. They both they both hit the decline pretty quickly. Chris Johnson, it's you're going on potential. Lorenzo White, unfortunately, only had about one big year. Uh, Rozier, the bulk of his prime was in the USFL. Hmm. This is tough, then. I like the Titans, obviously, much more than you do. I'm, I'm much higher on them. AFC West, we'll get back to that. We'll figure this out. AFC West, the, uh, pretty um, pretty interesting division, top to bottom, in terms of uh, running back grades. But I went with the Chiefs here as, as your champion. Marcus Allen, they're, they're not rich at the front end, but there's depth. Marcus Allen, Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, Christian Okoye. You think that beats out the what the, what the Bolts go with, with Ladanian, Chuck Muncie? The Raiders are means. too low. Wouldn't the Raiders go above the Chargers? Why? Marcus Bo Jackson? Allen? Talk about a short window. See, now this is the NFC West. Like, uh, talking about real football, this is like the NFC West now. Agreed. Because the, the Chargers, you've got LT. Okay, you got LT, who's better than pretty much all these guys. You've he's got, not better than, wait, he's not better than Marcus Allen. That's a tough one. Uh, Chuck Muncie, very good player. Natron, uh, Natron Means, very good player. Paulo, you don't have Keith Lincoln on here. Uh, you don't have Mike Garrett, who ran for 1,000 yards for San Diego. All right. Well, tell me who you uh, are replacing. Because how about if I Marion to, Butts? If we're, if we're keeping Butts. it to four, but if we're keeping mm-hmm. it to four, that's what you have to keep in mind. Who are you knocking off? Chuck Muncie was great and scored a ton of touchdowns with those uh, Air Coriel teams. But scored of course, a lot of— uh, spent, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a lot of one-yard touchdowns. That's right. Yeah, that's with, right. With, those big, yeah, with, that's the, black, with the big black horn rims, yes. too. That was a good look. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Rambis-style <laughs> horn rims. <laughs> That's a tough one. I, I, I got to give you some credit, though. Kansas City is pretty strong throughout. Like, you can pull the fourth guy off the bench, and he's going to run for 100 yards for you. Yeah, it is, it's an underwhelming division, but the, the Chiefs are it. Go ahead quickly and make your case for why the Chiefs Raiders. Are good. Chiefs are good, but the Raiders have two Hall of Famers, Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson. Two Hall of Famers should put them I don't them think up Bo Jackson. Uh, I might be mistaken, but I don't remember Bo Jackson's induction ceremony. No way. Who, 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 who played against get, him? Who was better? He, he who played better? three quarters. That's why. Because he played three quarters of play? one game. How long did see? This is the thing that drives me nuts about the Hall of Fame. Is you get so wrapped up in these guys that play forever. A guy like Tim Brown and in all these other guys who just hang around forever. But if you're a great guy for a short period of time, I will take that any day over any of these guys who just hang out forever. I guess he's so good. Is, is John Jefferson punk, a Hall of Famer then? Punk bands and prostitutes. They hang out long enough. They get respect. I'm sick of it. All right. Wow. I know. Guns and Roses. Who Hall knows what to, you know, a yes, man has to stand exactly. for something. A man has to stand for something in this world, and apparently rank, uh, Rank's cause is that Bo Jackson belongs in the Hall of Fame. Listen, go, talk to anybody who played Tech Mobile, Super Tech Mobile. Hey, Tell I'll them give... that Bo Jackson isn't a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that give... should be a part. That, that should be a presenter of the <laughs> Hall of Fame is, uh, is uh, one of the creators of Tech Mobile. Yes, that's Here, fine. Here's the problem with the Raiders, though, Rank. If they don't win the division, they're not making the wild card because the, these other teams are strong. All right, so they're yeah. Let's, wait, hold on. They're better than the Jets? No, 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 no. Let's stop and review here. Let's talk about this here, and then we'll wrap it up with the AFC playoff standings as as we finish up here our our i guess our supposed regular season of this uh, of this mythical title of uh, this mythical championship so the bills are your division champion harrison you say it's yes. a runaway i'm surprised i thought yeah. the jets and runaway. bills were were a little bit tighter than that the browns win the north the mm-hmm. titans i say win the south and the chiefs um harrison you and i agree are the class of the west at 8 and 8 but now, see, for me, the wild card, the wild cards come down to the Jets and mm. the Steelers, and may you know the Dolphins are, are you know worthy of consideration there, and the Colts. Actually, you know, of the uh, among the young teams, the Jags had Fred Taylor, MJD, and James Stewart. That's a, not a bad little group there for a team that's been around for what sixteen, seventeen years now. That's that's not too bad, but I, they're not going to get a wild card, I don't think. So go ahead. What do you guys think is the are, are the wild cards then? 
I think Steelers and Colts because I, I don't agree with your John Henry Johnson being behind Willie Parker and Barry Foster. He's a lot better player than both of them, and he played after the 58 title game. Nor do you have Bill Dudley, who's a Hall of Famer on here. So I'd say the yeah, Steelers. Yeah, but John Henry Johnson, though, again, as another guy, he was a part of the million-dollar backfield in, in San Francisco. Played for three teams. He had good he years. Three good teams. years but in Pittsburgh. If it were me, Rank, I don't know what you say, but I'd go Steelers wild card. Yeah, Steelers go, wild card for sure. And I'd go Colts wild card. Just listen to the names. I know that they didn't play the bulk of their career. Career in Indy, but Edgerin James, Lenny Moore, Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson. I'm ignoring the last two. It's still good. Dickerson. It's still good. Even if you take the first two, it's still good. I Where's disagree with you about Fast Willie Parker, though. Fast Willie Parker, you may forget, How, wait, is where? the starting running back on two, on two Super Bowl. But if you have a Hall of Famer, that should put you above a team that has no He makes the famous. decisive play, and Fast Willie Parker also makes the decisive run in that Super Bowl against Seattle. He he sort of puts the Steelers ahead um, in a way that, uh, the C- that the Seahawks couldn't come back from. I don't care what the referees had to say about it. But, all right, so we're going to— So we got—I say we, Do we agree the Steelers are one of the two wild cards? Yes. Yes. And we don't like Curtis Martin, Freeman McNeil, no. Emerson Boozer, and Matt Snell better than the Colts? Who's— all right, I'm going to leave it to you two. That's 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 ass. your vote. Do you say the Jets, no. the Dolphins, or the Colts? I give it to the Colts because they play a weak schedule. I mean, they play the Jags and the Texans, so their <laughs> record's going to be better. But the Raiders would be beating up on some of these teams. The Raiders are—Mark Van Egan is their third best ever. That is not He's good enough better. to make the playoffs. He's better than you think. He's better than you think. You know what? Because he's he's not the guy that you think of when you think of a running back. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, you're like, oh, I, I get why you're discrediting him, and it's wrong. Mark Van Egan was he wore much, number thirty. Sure, whatever you, whatever makes you sleep at it's night. It's the Craig James theory. I understand. Yes. I'll say Raiders, but if you make me pick between the Jets, the Raiders and the Colts, are not in the fine, discussion. Colts, the Raiders are not do what in the you discussion. Want. Okay. That's do what fine. You want. Just so you can impress your, your 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 pretty new friend here, Harrison. You're just trying to win him over. You know I'm right about Curtis Listen, Martin and Freeman McNeil. He doesn't. He's not my boss, and I will still go. I will still Freeman side with him. McNeil. Talk about he's not as bad as you think. He's he's better than you think. See, Freeman listen, McNeal is, is a man who who does not get the credit he deserves as one of the better so running this, backs of the last thirty years. You want this to be the scene from Rocky Four, right? to look at my boss and see what's okay to say. <laughs> nope. I say Colts. the Jets get a wild card. And then you look over at me. <laughs> all right, so so we're going Colts. All right. All right, I'll I'll give it to the two of you. That's what you're So we got Colts and Steelers wild card. We got the Bills and Browns with home field and uh what the Titans and Chiefs. I think the Bills and the Browns are the are the best of the group, although I'm much One, higher on the Titans than you are. I like Earl Campbell, Eddie George, and Chris Johnson as a trio. I think that's a pretty, pretty tough group there. All right, well, listen. So we got through the AFC here. We got sidetracked by uh, some Balboa and uh, his his uh, rivals talk. Fine by me. I'm not opposed to that. That's listen, what it's all about. I love football, but I love a couple other things, too, like uh, crummy movies from the 80s. <laughs> and fortunately, two fellas joined me today who, uh, who feel the same way. Rank, Cobra. gangbusters work. I love, listen. That's right. Cabretti. Don't talk to me about Cabretti. That's that's a show. That's a two-part special that we got. That we'll get into Cabretti and the weird cult that went, ran around murdering people in, in Los Angeles in the late 80s. Very strange. Very, Very strange. strange. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Listen, we'll get into the NFC tomorrow, Rank. What do you think? I would think so. Okay. We'll try to get into the NFC tomorrow and uh, be make sure you keep a lookout for the uh, on nfl.com for the fantasy live show harrison rank fabiano and uh and our new pal matt money smith uh it's it's uh, quite a group of fellas and um and of course a shame report coming up we appreciate if you go on to itunes and subscribe to the show comment rank it all that jazz we'll be back for more hooey and applesauce later on but in the meantime thanks so much football fans it's been a thin slice of heaven You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.